I would ask you to turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5. And as you're turning to Ephesians chapter 5, uh, I just take a point of personal privilege. Again, it's been a joy to be your pastor for the last 14 years. First of all, not me, but I would like to really express um, Keith, Page, Bob, thank you for your leadership in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, you have been conscientious, you've been caring, and you've sought to do what is right by the Lord. And uh, it's been a privilege to, to know that and be a part of that. Uh, David, Jim, uh, you guys uh, have uh, looked to the needs of those around you. You've cared for the church. And I thank you as a board of deacons that you uh, have cared for those in the community the way that you have. That means a great deal. Continue to do that good work for the Lord. Um, again, thank you. It's been a privilege, but we're here to preach the Word of God and to worship God. That's important. So turn with me in Scripture to Ephesians chapter 5. And we, I really am going to just deal with the first two verses, but actually I'm going to read this section to you because it completes uh, what is being said. And uh, it's an exhortation in this final sermon to you to walk in the Lord to continue to walk in the Lord and to love Him from the heart. And then hear what the Apostle Paul has to say uh, as he's lifted up Christ and His redemption to the Ephesian Christians. And he comes to the therefore. He comes to the conclusion. And he warns them and he encourages them and he exhorts them. And chapter 5, and the first two verses will be our text this morning. But I want to read you this whole section because it's an encouragement of Paul to the church at Ephesus who had many things to face in the future. The Apostle Paul writes, and let us honor God's Word, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave Himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness nor foolish talk nor crude joking which are out of place. But instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not become partners with them, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are the light of the world. Walk as children of the light." For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. 
Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And may God then add His blessing to the reading of His holy and precious Word of God. Pray with me for just a moment. O Spirit of God, give witness to the Word and to the Gospel, to the nature of the Christian life among us as Your church. Lord, lead us in this day in the things of our Lord. And Lord, bless Your people and Your church in the days to come. We pray that the words of Paul at the end of Ephesians would resound in our heart. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Lord, bless Your church and be worshipped through Your church this day. In the name of our precious Lord, we pray. Amen. There was a um, a sign in our community recently posted by one of our local churches. And I, do you ever do that? Do you ride by churches and look at their little signs? And uh, my heart has oftentimes been picked up by some. Now others, I'm not so sure, but 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 some. This one I particularly appreciated. It says, it said on the marquee, exercise daily. Oh, now, uh oh, now, sermon's begun already, isn't it? <laughs> exercise daily, walk with the Lord. Didn't you like that? Exercise daily, walk with the Lord. And, um, I thought to myself, and by the way, the sermon surrounds that little seed thought. And we're going to talk about today of what it means to walk in the Lord. The Apostle Paul puts it to us in the strongest of terms. He um, tells us in chapter 5 and verse 1, and this is what he says, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us, and gave Himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And what struck me was the exhortation and the command of the Apostle Paul, therefore, be imitators of God. Now that is a very strong command. He calls you to be like God. He 
cause you to walk as God walks. Now, I don't know about you, but that kind of, in a way, is beyond me when you think about it in human terms. Or who is it that can act like God? The word there in the Greek is um, is the word that we get in English for mimic. We are we are to mimic God. We are to act like Him and speak like Him and do like Him. But how in the world do we as human beings do such a, a high command as that? And matter of fact, many, uh, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones and John Mary and other Reformed writers, John Calvin, said that this is one of the pinnacle commands of Ephesians, to walk with the Lord, to mimic Him. Don't you enjoy a good character comedian, comedian who can mimic somebody else just the way they ought to be? Now, I kind of like that. Now, I know it's just a mimic, but I'm impressed when somebody can do that. And they have the gift to be able to act like somebody else and speak. And you say, oh, that's that person. No, 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 that's not that person. That's that, this guy. <laughs> and I like that very much. Um, Mimicking God is a, is, a, is a high task. Walking with God, especially in this age, is quite challenging. Why is it so challenging? Well, it's so challenging because to really walk after God and to mimic His life, uh, we have to understand the gospel. We have to know the gospel in our heart and we have to know Christ in our hearts. Or else that uh, the command to mimic God or to imitate Him, to follow Him, will be in vain. And I'll, I'll tell you why it's so hard, because we as human beings have in our sin um, a desires to gratify self. For us to be number one. You, you know the little poem that I like? The Hound of Heaven, or Francis Thompson. I want, I want to read just a, a little section at the beginning of it. I fled him down the nights and down the days. I fled him down the arches of the years. I fled him down the labyrinth ways of my own mind. And in the midst of tears, I hid from him and under running laughter. Up visited hopes, I sped and shot precipitated. Adown titanic glooms of chasmed fears from those strong feet that followed after. But within hurrying chase, unperturbed pace, Deliberate speed, majestic instancy. They beat, and a voice beat, more instant than the feet. All things betray thee who betrayest me. I pleaded, outlaw-wise, by many a hearted casement 
curtained red, trellised with intertwining charities. But though I knew his love who followed, yet I was so adread, lest having him I might have naught beside. I want to stop there. I fled from the Lord. Because I was afraid that when he found me, that I could accept nothing less than him completely in my life. Isn't it true, my friends? I fled him, I fled him, lest I discover that he would accept nothing but everything in my life. How about you? Has the hound of heaven been after you? Aren't you glad? Don't you love those old hound dogs that have that voice? Oh, oh. I love I love that in the mountains. I just that just means a lot. <laughs> and every time I hear that that old coon hound, I, I think about the hound of heaven who preserves us and who pursues us and who loves us with His love. Aren't you glad that God has pursued you and been with you in spite of yourself and myself? God has been so good. And you see, when we come to know Jesus Christ, we discover what the writer Francis uh, anticipates, that, listen, when the hound caught me, he was not going to accept anything less than everything. In my life, he was afraid of that, what that might mean. But those of you who know Jesus Christ, isn't it a precious thing to know him? We had a motto at Covenant College that I love very much, and it was what? You remember from Colossians that in all things, that in all things Christ might have the preeminence, or that He might have the first place in everything in my life. I was taught that from the beginning there in my early Christian life, and I have never forgotten that. Matter of fact, our school song was, All for Jesus, All for Jesus. All my beings ransom power. All for the Lord. Nothing omitted. Is that your desire this morning to have your life surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ in His love? If you are led by God's Spirit in that way, you will never regret it. As a matter of fact, you will will condemn your resistance. (laughs) You will say, why did I wait so long? And why was I so stubborn? And why didn't I learn sooner? Amen? Some of us are in that camp. (laughs) Now, there are some of us who have had to learn the hard way about the love of Christ that really is seeking our good. And the Apostle Paul comes along and reemphasizes this preeminent place in our life by his declaration to the Ephesian Christians that they should imitate God that they should walk in His love. And we say, who in the world 
can do such a thing. When we think about this of imitating God, well, we think about His um, uncommunicable attributes, His eternal power and His knowledge and His presence. And uh, we say, imitate God? How can this be possible? And then I even went down and looked at the uncommunicable attributes of God or the communicable attributes of God, His justice, mercy, and all those other. And I said, I even tr- struggle with that. How in the world do we mimic God? How do we do that? And what does the Apostle Paul mean here that we are to imitate God? Well, let me say to you in theology, first of all, when God made us from the beginning, He made us in, uh, in such a perfect way to walk with Him, didn't He? Didn't He? When God made us... I love the expression in the cool of the day. You, you, don't you like that? In the in the cool of the day. You see, God made us to mimic Him from the beginning in our walk with Him. To love Him, to enjoy His company. And I, I think that the walk was 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 so close that it was there. Don't you love Enoch? What does it say about Enoch? Enoch walked with God and God took him for he was no more. <laughs> you know what that means? That Enoch walked so closely with God he didn't experience death. They just walked right on into heaven together. <laughs> I love the one about Elisha, don't you? Elijah comes to the end and he hands the mantle to Elisha. And the fiery chariot comes down into the valley. He gets in the chariot and goes home. All right, boy, that's that's walking with God. But did you know, can I tell you something, that God has given you the privilege to walk with Him even closer? Did you know that? He has given you His Son, Jesus Christ, to be your Lord and your Savior, and to be preeminent in your life, doesn't that bring great assurance to you that you're in the hands of a providential God and that He cares for you and that Christ has become your all in all? I love the little passage that we had for our reading of encouragement this morning, if I can find it. I like it. I want to read it to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 28 through 31. God chose what is low and despised in the world. Boy, I have to say that's true. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are. Why? So that no human being may boast in His presence. And because of Him, you are in Christ Jesus who became to us, and remember uh, what Francis Thompson, he feared that God would become everything. Listen to what Christ has become to us who know Him. And because of Him you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that it is as it is written, let him who boast, boast in the Lord. As we think about 
this passage, how in the world can a person imitate or mimic God and walk in, with Him in such a way? And the Apostle Paul declares to us in reality that in the flesh that can never be done, can it? What is the importance of knowing Christ? But the Apostle Paul knowing that he's not able to do that in his own strength. He then says what? I can do some things. I can do all things through Christ. Now listen, don't leave any of that out. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Well, you see, the transformed heart desires the will of the Lord. And so therefore, walking in the will of the Lord, we desire what is pleasing to Him. Paul exhorts the Ephesian Christians, seek what is, seek the discernment as to what pleases the Lord. And that's the aim of the Christian experience. May God give you as Fellowship Presbyterian Church discernment with regard to what pleases the Lord and honors Him. I pray that for each one of you that you will walk in that fashion. Because if you walk in any other fashion, you're going to become discontent with the world one way or another. How many have walked in the world and been disappointed? Me too. Each time I've tried it and tested the waters, <laughs> thank God for His retrieving power. <laughs> it's never satisfied. Don't you know that it is only the Lord who satisfies the hungry soul and the sinful life? It is the Lord who brings us peace. He's broken down the walls between us. He has become our peace. And He has become our everything. I hope that Christ is everything to you this morning, first and foremost. That your life belongs to Him. If your pastor on this last day <laughs> hears you say that, that your desire is to seek Him and to know Him better and to love Him. It will bring joy to an old heart. It is, it is a great thing to know the Lord, isn't it? <laughs> How has the Lord changed your life since He's come into your life? Isn't it been amazing? <laughs> Even the things that we held on to and didn't want to get rid of, the Lord has been gracious, hasn't He? And loving and kind. And you know, I discovered in this passage how, how it is that we are to imitate God. Did you know that for the Christian, um, we have been given the spiritual means whereby to walk with Him? And it actually uh, comes at, at the end of the last chapter 4, and he speaks about how they should walk and what the new life looks like. And then down in verse 32, 
before you get to chapter 5, and I think these are connected, he says to them, and it gives a clue, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Therefore, be imitators of God. as beloved children. And then verse 2 comes on the other side and he reminds them, and walk in love. How? How are we going to walk in love? How are we going to imitate God? As Christ loved us and gave Himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. How are we to walk with, with God and possibly do this? Well, in the light of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ who gave Himself for us. The key is God's love. You know how it says it. For God so loved the world that what did He do? He gave, he gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. God gave us His Son. And in giving us His Son, He demonstrated His love for us in that while we yet sinners, Christ died for us. So how is it that you can imitate God? It's through the love of Christ. For the man or the woman or the boy or girl that knows Jesus Christ and knows His forgiveness of his own sins, and knows the love of God in the giving of Christ, then has the foundation on which to walk with the Lord and imitate Him. How many times did the Apostle Paul say, uh, walk as I've commanded you, or as you've seen of me do, Now, that's a bold statement. How many of us can say that, okay, look at my life and walk with Christ after me? That's that's a pretty serious aspiration, isn't it? You know that that should be an aspiration, and we should be able to hope to say that. But now I would encourage you to be careful about Pastor Barnes. I would just be very careful, and I would look carefully and make sure Let Christ be your God and let His Word be your foundation in your walk with Him. Um, When Christ and His love becomes preeminent in our hearts and He calls us to Himself and the old hound of heaven finally catches up with us. (laughs) We belong to Him. We're reminded that there's no area of our life that is not under the umbrella of His care at that point. One of the things in relationship to this message I studied this week about the threefold office of Christ. And I thought about the threefold office of Christ in a magnificent way that actually what it expresses that 
the whole of the Old Testament in those particular offices that are expressed in the Old Testament are given to us to show us that eventually Christ becomes all in all. He becomes preeminent indeed. As a matter of fact, did you know Christ is going to be preeminent in Pastor Barnes' life, whether he likes it or not? <laughs> did, did you know one way or another the Lord is going to be the Lord of my life and is the Lord of my life? Did you know that? Don't you pray that Pastor Barnes is in agreement with him. <laughs> I, I love that. And you should take that to heart. For it's the Lord's great love by which He pursues you. Because He cares. Cast all your... Listen, do you hear it? Cast all your anxiety upon Him. For He cares. The threefold office of Christ. Don't you love it? How do we imitate God and show forth the love of Christ and walk with Him? Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ uh, was in His offices in fulfillment of Scripture to be all in all was what? Prophet and priest and king. Now, th- those are three distinct functions and offices in Scripture. Uh, the office of prophet was God speaking to his servant, and the burden of the Lord came upon Habakkuk. <laughs> and men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. And uh, that word came from, from God and came to his prophet, Hebrews 1.1. In times past, God spoke to us in many ways in diverse portions, but in these last days he's spoken, wow, through his Son. To us, who is the perfect Im- I love the next verses in Hebrew. That he's the image. He's the very imitation. He's the very image of God to us. There was nothing left in His revelation to us beyond His Son for our redemption. And my dear friends, we see how Christ, how did Christ fulfill the office of prophet? And the Word, you know I love John 1. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. What higher way than God can speak to you and your life than through His Son who has become the very Word of God to us. His Word have I hid in my heart sin against him. He has become the great prophet. Well, what did the priest do? What was the distinct function of the priest? The distinct function of the priest was to represent the people before God. It was the other direction. And they were mediaries between the people and God. And They would come and minister the things of God on behalf of the people and offer sacrifices. And my dear friends, how has Christ fulfilled that that function and office for us? For we have a great high priest. Don't you love it? We have a great high priest. There's only one mediator 
between God and man, and that's the man Christ Jesus. We have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. I love the folks. He is one that can sympathize with our weaknesses. Do you listen to the turn concerning the high priest? He is one that can sympathize with our weaknesses because he himself was tempted as he walked on this earth in every way as we are. He knows what you walk through every day, and yet he without sin. Talking about prayer, therefore draw near to the throne of grace with boldness that you might find grace and help in time of need. Amen? So Jesus Christ has not only become the Word of words to us, the final Word, He has become our great high priest. By the way, He sits at the right hand of the... I love Romans 8, don't you, Alex? John 17, too, don't we? And Romans 8. He sits at the right hand of the Father. What? Interceding on your behalf. He is your great high priest in actuality that keeps you. Now, the thing about king is not simply about power and lording over, but did you know in Isaiah, uh, the Lord's anointed, the Lord Himself was called what? The servant king. My servant shall serve and accomplish my will. And so he, uh, there shall be one on the throne of David forever. Who is that one that is on the throne of David forever? I love the little argument in the beginning of Psalms. You know, I'll say to him, you sit at my right hand. And, and is that talking about David and who's going to be on the throne? And you come to discover who's sitting on the throne. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. There in Psalms, at the early part of the Psalms, that speaks of the Lord Himself reigning. And so the Lord Jesus becomes our King. The One who rules over our life. He rules with grace and mercy and truth and righteousness in our life. And so Jesus, we come to the conclusion that what's left of us to hold on to, and we come to the conclusion what? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing in this world other than Christ Himself who is our all in all. Don't you love Handel's Messiah? And He shall reign forever. I love to hear it. Sometimes I stand up when I hear it. <laughs> and he, he shall reign forever and ever. And aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that we don't have to live in this whole thing? He shall reign. He shall receive majesty and glory forever and ever from His people. And so the Lord has become our all in all. And He has granted us His Spirit whereby we can walk with the King of kings, the Lord of lords. We walk with the great high priest. 
And boy, do we walk with that great prophet who teaches us from his word. But did you know something? You're called to imitate God in the same way. I went on, what is the next chapter, chapter 6? Oh, it's some practical exhortations to husbands and wives and children and, you know, those things. And what does it say about the role of, of husband and father? How are you going to imitate Christ? How in the world are you going to imitate Christ? And the Apostle Paul says, husbands, you know what it says, don't you? Husbands, love your wives like how? Who are you going to imitate? Who gives you the power by the Spirit to imitate? Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave Himself up for her. Husbands, don't you know that you are to walk with Christ and you are to be the prophet and the priest and the king of your home? Did you know that? As you have come to know Jesus Christ, men, you are to be the Word of the Lord to your family. May wisdom come from your lips from God in His Word through Christ, filled with the Spirit, teaching your family. Amen? You're called to be imitators of God. Has God provided the way and the call to you, gentlemen? Be the prophet in the life of Christ to your family. Speak to them kindly. Lead them in Christ. Lead them in the Word. May wisdom come out of your mouth and not vileness and vulgarity and impatience and other things. May, may the Word of Christ fill you richly. May you impart that, gentlemen, to your family. Teach them well. Amen. I did not always teach my children well. You know what I mean? Be the Word of Christ to them. And dear friends, listen. They don't need your money. They don't need your possessions. You don't need to give them everything in the world. You know what they need? They need you. Christ gave Himself. Christ gave Himself for you. He laid down His own life for you. Ought you not lay down your life for those you love? They need you in their life. They don't need something else. Oh, well, we'll send them off to a Christian school. They'll get a good education there. 
do not ever abdicate your responsibility to be in a spiritual example in the things of the Lord. Teach them how to pray. Lord, teach us how to pray. When you pray, say, Our Father who art in heaven, teach your children how to pray. Teach them how to read the Word. Teach them to love the things that the Lord loves. You are to be your prophet to your home for Christ's sake. Amen? Priest, oh boy. You are to intercede on behalf of your family. You are to be the mediator in the things of your family. You are to pray for them and intercede for them. You are to give yourself away for them. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Amen? Amen. And of course, the most important one last is king. You know, a man is king of his house. I have a I have a sofa chair that proves it. <laughs> but you know what Cheryl says? Uh, he may be the head of the house, but I'm the neck that turns it. <laughs> what? Wait a minute, you Cheryl, you got mm, guys, Keith, help me. <laughs> but you see, the Lord is a servant king, wasn't he? The king did the will of his father and ruled his household in the love of Christ. My dear friends, you are to oversee your home in the same way. You are to be the head of your home. Wives, again, the call, wives be subject to your own husbands in the Lord. Children, Obey your parents in the Lord for what? This is good in the sight of God. You see, we've been called to imitate Christ as He has come for us to be all things prophet, priest, and king. But He has become our justification. He's become our sanctification. He has become our glorification, our all in all. You are to walk with Him practically in every way according to His Spirit in the Word. Walk in love. Imitate, imitate God. Mimic God as beloved children. One of the most precious doctrines in the faith is that we are called the family of God. We are children of God. Be imitators of God. As beloved children. Because you see that expresses the love of the Father. Your loved children. By the Father. He has provided everything that you need in His Son, Jesus Christ. And He desires that your whole life be surrendered to Him. He will not fail you. As your great prophet great priest 
and your great king. But just remember, he's called you to mimic it. Now, I don't mean savingly, because there is no one who redemptively can die for sins, for Jesus once for all died for sin, but you are called to walk in Him. Would you be willing to say with me, as God gives me grace, I will seek to mimic my God. Amen. Father, with what great love you have loved us in your Son, Jesus Christ. And Father, you gave so much that was precious to you for our sakes. Father, what is it that we could ever withhold from you in such great love as that? Father, we thank you for this call and this reminder to walk with you daily. May it be real and help us as our Christ Jesus has come to us and shown us the way. Help us to mimic His love. And just as He has loved us, help us to love one another. And Just as He has forgiven us, Lord, help us to forgive each other. Lord, just as You've sacrificed Yourself for us, Lord, grant us grace to sacrifice ourselves and our wants and our desires for Your glory to those that we love. Lord, we thank You this morning for who You are. And we worship You. We worship You only. And we give You thanks through Your Son, Jesus Christ. Oh, Holy Spirit, thank You for Your presence and Your help. We certainly need it. Thank You for Your great love, O oh Father. Help us to walk with You this week. In Jesus' name we pray.